Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. and you've been seeking and you've been asking God even before you get here you've been telling God how you want him to do something in your life and so you're here this morning and I believe that if we would collectively in concert begin to praise and magnify God if we would shift just a little bit into spiritual warfare into spiritual warfare into spiritual warfare I believe that God wants to do something in this house you're tired. You're ready for God to move. Come on, I need you to set the atmosphere. I need you to set the atmosphere. I need us to get on one accord. I need us to get on one accord. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in here. Come on, don't play with it. Don't play with it. Somebody's life is in jeopardy right now. Somebody's peace. Somebody needs your praise right now, right now.
needs healing today. A mind, body, and spirit. There's somebody that has a yoke that's upon them. An addiction that's upon them. And they need a breakthrough. Oh, God. So, Father, here we are. Here we are. Father, here we are. Poised and ready for you to do what you do best. God, we need you to move in this house today. We need you to walk up and down the aisles. We need your spirit in this house today. We cancel every assignment of the enemy. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. You got to come up out of here. You got to leave right now. We serve you notice right now. You have no place here. You have no dominion here. Father, we pray that the blood of Jesus covers right now. In the name of Jesus, break yokes today. Destroy yokes today. Break chains and fetters today. Break addictions today, God. In the name of Jesus, whatever it is, God, whatever it is, we need you to break it. We need you to break it. We need you to break it. We need you to destroy it now. In the name of Jesus. For your glory, God. For your glory, God. By your power, God. Do it now. And we'll be so careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. Come on, let the people of God put your hands together and begin to praise him. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. We do honor God on today. We thank God for another opportunity to come into the house of the Lord. We thank God for another opportunity to be able to give him praise and worship. We realize today that there are so many that wish they were sitting where we're sitting today. They're not even in their right minds. They wish they were here. They're not here, but you are. <laughs> and so we just want to give God praise and honor. We thank God for being saved sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost not perfect but we're trying hallelujah every day we're asking God God do it again every day we're telling God God whatever is in me that's not like you take it out every day we say God put your searchlight from heaven down on our souls and search us out take out everything envy strife jealousy whatever it is. God, take it out. We do honor our pastor on this morning. Come on and help me to appreciate Pastor Michael E. Jackson. 
the shepherd of our souls, the visionary for this ministry. Amen. As I say, because this is Fifth Sunday, and as I say every Fifth Sunday, amen, that the Lord allows the women to go forth, we thank God that he is not intimidated by women. Amen. We thank God that he supports women in ministry, and we love him on today. I love my pastor. Amen. I love my pastor. I want you to turn with me very quickly to a very familiar scripture. I'm going to go to Matthew, the 20th chapter, and we're going to start at the 29th and the 34th verse. We thank God for our mothers being with us on today. Amen. <clears throat> we praise God for the mothers in Zion and Amen. To all of you, the people of God, we thank God for you being here on this morning. Amen. And as we get prepared to this, give you this little Easter speech, amen, <clears throat> I'm asking you to pray for me. Amen. Because I do want the Lord to get the glory out of our life. And I really do feel and sense that God wants to do something in this house. Amen. If you stand for the reading of the word, we're going to read Matthew <clears throat> the 20th chapter, beginning at the 29th verse. And the Bible reads, And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two men, blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy! On us. O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. But they cried even, <laughs> they cried even the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still. And called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. That's a preach right there. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. As you take your seat, amen, as we go forward, I want you to just repeat my little topic, amen, after me. All it takes, All it takes. is a touch. Come on, look at somebody else and say, All it takes, All it takes. is a touch. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thought it was interesting as I was just reading something just came to my mind amen they said that and the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace but they cried the more saying have mercy on us have mercy on us I thought about what we're going through right now in this here, country called America. I wonder if we can get a multitude of people to say, have mercy on us. 
Last week, our pastor brought a powerful message about not letting our issues take over us. We learned that just by being in this human body makes us susceptible to everything. We cannot say with absolute certainty that what we would or would not do. As a matter of fact, my mama used to say, I will never say what my child wouldn't do. Because the very thing that I say you wouldn't do, that's the thing you would do. And so our pastor set the house in order and said, we all have some kind of issue. Yes, we have been saved many years, but we still have an issue. We hold a title in high regard while with an issue. Your issue may not be cheating, as he told us, stealing, drinking, or adultery. But it may be anxiety, depression, lack of faith. Your issue may be anger, attitude, gossiping, negativity. And these issues can be in us while we are yet in the church. While we're yet serving in the church. While we're yet singing in the choir. While we're working with the children, we're doing all of that with an issue. These issues can draw us away from experiencing the manifest presence of God. If we continue to live in denial, you will find yourself going through the motions and never really experiencing God's presence. So like many of you, I had to acknowledge that I too have some kind of issue. I'm going to tell y'all my business. And you can tell somebody else your business. I have an issue with folks that are so, that, that smile in your face. I have a problem with backstabbers. <laughs> and even when you act like you want to come clean with me, I, it takes me a minute uh, to forgive and forget. That's my issue. My issue is that uh, though I love everybody, sometimes my patience becomes short with people. That's my issue. I own up to my issue. I know y'all perfect. But many of us have issues. And I begin to think there must come a time when I must deal with my issue. Why? Because I don't want to live my entire life in the church with an issue. I don't want to remain in the same place year after year. And that's when we have to say, Lord, I need you to help me with my issue. 
my brothers, my sisters, even though I may acknowledge and you may acknowledge that you have an issue, it does not mean that I want to continue to live with my issue. I want something to be done about my issue. I must say that some people don't mind living with their issue. They say this is just how I am. I don't want any kind of issue that's going to hinder me from, from being the best me that I can be. If you, God, cannot get glory out of my life because of this issue, then I want you to do something about my issue. Right. A few months ago, I became intrigued the very first time I saw a commercial put out by Cox called The Hug Project. And it showed a man who had not seen or heard or had any physical contact with his brother for a few years because of distance. He lived in New Orleans and his brother lived in Nicaragua. They both were given this Wi-Fi enabled hug vest. And through technology, they could put on the vest and begin to feel each other's hug. They were able to experience each other's touch. And that's when the Lord started dealing with me about a touch. It is said that there is something about touching. It has been reported the lack of touching during even during the pandemic restrictions caused feelings of anxiety and loneliness. Therapists and psychologists say that physical contact is a basic human need with emotional, mental, and physical benefits. There is healing power in a touch. One can receive healing of the mind, body, and spirit simply through a touch. As I sat and listened to Pastor Jackson last week, I reflected on the fact that we may think we are okay. But if the truth be told, we are not. We are not where we should be and where we want to be in God. How do you know? Because we accept and just become desensitized to foolishness in the church and concerning God. We laugh at jokes and stuff that's going on on social media. We begin to pat people on the back when they start cussing and showing themselves drinking. And then the next sentence, they talking about God. And we say, oh, it's just a new day. I heard somebody say the other day that holiness was horizontal instead of holiness being vertical. So I was trying to listen to the man and understand what he was saying. He said holiness, we, 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 we missed it. That holiness is with each other. How we treat each other. And it's not about God. And I said to myself, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. So in other
other words, for us to act like we love God, we got to be holy like God. So there's some things we can't do when we say we're holy. There's some places we can't go when we say we're holy. There's some people we can't hang with because we say we're holy. In other words, you got to change your playground, your plaything, and your playmates. So we've got to the point that we're not really where we should be. And I begin to say to the Lord, Lord, I need a touch from you. Not a feel-good touch. Not a Sunday morning touch where you get it on Sunday morning service and it doesn't last you even to Monday. Some of it, it don't last you to the parking lot. I don't want that kind of touch. I want a transforming, healing, delivering touch from God. Is there anybody that feels like I feel? That yes, you love God and you have no desire to leave God, but you know that there is something more that you want out of God. See, if you really can't look at me in my face and, and you don't have, you got to avoid your sister and you got to avoid your brother, you know. If you have a short fuse, if, if the very thought of something in your past can send you back to a dark place, if every once in a while the enemy can bring up your mistakes and causes you to second guess who you are and what God has called you to do, then you may want to consider asking him, to touch you again. The kind of touch that when those moments arise, instead of sending you into a whirlwind, it sends you into worship. That kind of touch that when those moments come, and trust me, they will come. Instead of you panicking, you begin to praise the Lord. Instead of feeling overwhelmed, you feel like girding up your loins. Lord, that's the kind of touch I want. I believe that many of us can identify with the two men in our text. They are example of many of us in the church who have had to trust and depend on God. Everybody has some type of obstacles some type of disadvantage, some type of disability, some type of hindrance that stands in their way, whether it's physical, spiritual, or mental. And yes, I said mental. Because some of us have some mental issues that God needs to touch our very minds. It can cause you to have this lackadaisical relationship with God. You can be rid of it because all it takes is one touch. Now to fully appreciate this text, we must understand the context in which it sets. 
First of all, we've got to understand that this particular story takes place during the last days of Jesus's ministries. Ministry. Jesus had taught on marriage and divorce and he blessed the children. He counseled a young rich ruler and told him in order to inherit the eternal life, he had to sell all of his possessions and follow him. He predicted the third time, for the third time, his death and resurrection. He taught that there was a greatness in serving him. And now we find him journeying from Galilee to Jerusalem. And on the way, he stops through Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho, there are these two men. Mark identifies one of them, uh, one of the men as Barnabas. Before we get to these two men, and especially before we get to Barnabas, because that's who I want to talk about, I want to first talk about Jericho. The history of the word Jericho means curse. I'm telling you, when I was researching this, it got good to me. It became known as the accursed place. Because when Joshua captured it over in Joshua 6 and 26, he cursed it. Let's, let, let's read that real quick. Joshua 6 and 26, and it says, And Joshua adjured them at the time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that rises up and buildeth this city, Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn and in his youngest son. Son shall set up the gates thereof. So here we are in Jericho, a cursed place. The text says Jesus went to the city that was cursed. He went to the accursed place. Jesus had a habit of going to places that other people avoided. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't mind going to places or he doesn't mind going to places that there might be one or two of you also might can say the same thing. You don't mind that Jesus don't mind going to places that are not the right place that might be a little nasty and dirty to the accursed place because had he not come to my place where I was I might not be standing here today had he not come to your place wherever your place was where he found you where that nasty place that cursed place you wouldn't be sitting here right now are you glad that Jesus came to that cursed place? You'd be still living in your mess. It was in the accursed place where he met Barnabas. Check this out. Bar is a Greek prefix that means son of. So he was the son of Timaeus. Timaeus is his father's name. The word Timaeus means polluted, nasty, dirty, corrupt, filthy. So Barnabas means the son of the nasty man. <laughs> Barnabas means the son of the filthy man. Barnabas means the son of the corrupt man. 
the son of the messed up man. And to put insult on the injury, he lived in their cursed place. So here is Barnabas. The place where he lived was cursed. His people were nasty. And he was blind. And he was a beggar who had to live off others. Can anyone identify with Barnabas? I know some of you are still in denial, and it's okay. You believe your mama and your daddy were and are perfect. Your family is perfect. There are no skeletons in your family's closet. Mm -hmm. But some of us, some of us, some of us, we were born with some family issues that are necessarily our fault. After all, you can't help the family that you were born in. You can't help that your family is dysfunctional, that you got a crazy uncle and a mean auntie, that your daddy was an alcoholic or a rolling stone, that your daddy was a preacher but he still slept around, that your mama didn't know how to nurture you. Like Barnabas, you came into this world with deficits. You were not born with them, some of you may say. And if you weren't, you picked up some along the way. Don't fret. All it takes is one touch. There is a remedy, and I want to share it with you that will change your life. Those of you who are tired of the struggle, those of you, because this is not for everybody, because some folks just going to be in denial and stay in denial, and that's your business, and you don't have to come worry about me messing with you and your, with your denied self. <laughs> but for those of you who want a change in your life, those of you who need deliverance from something, those of you who want the chain to be broken off, the addiction to be gone, that's who I want to talk to today. First of all, number one, you got to stop focusing on your de de uh, deficiencies and know what your assets are. Sometimes we struggle to overcome issues. And the reason we can't overcome our impediments and our obstacles and our hindrances and our afflictions is because we get so focused on everything that is wrong that we ignore our strengths. The Bible says in verse 30, and when he heard that it was Jesus. Tell somebody he heard it. You see, he was blind, but he was not deaf. Most of us would spend our time complaining about being blind and ignore the fact that we can hear. And when he heard, you still want to have a pity party. You still want to have people to feel sorry for you. You still want to moan and groan about what you don't have instead of thanking God for what you do have. You may be blind, but you can hear. I think somebody needs to stop complaining. Tell somebody, as a matter of fact, tell them, say, stop complaining about what you don't have. And start thanking him for what you do have. 
As a matter of fact, we all need to just stop right now, have a praise break, and begin to start thanking God for what we do have. Thank God for what you have. It might not be everything you want, but at least you have something. Thank God for what he's already done for you. I'm blind, but I can hear. Have you ever noticed that individuals who are blind usually have a keen sense of hearing? Most of your more uh, uh, profound musicians, think about it, they're blind, but oh, their music gift. Y'all know Ray, Stevie, the five blind boys of Alabama, I think. They're the ones, it's something about when you have a deficit in one area, God will compensate you in another area. In other words, whatever is messed up in your life right here, don't worry and don't get weary about it because God will compensate you for your mess in your life by balancing you out in another area. Tell somebody, I, can, I can't see, but I can hear. Listen, not only did he hear, but he heard who it was. It was impossible to, for him to see who it was, but because he was blind, the text says that he had the ability to hear. He knew how to ask for help. He knew something was happening around him because he heard the commotion. So he had to ask someone, what's going on? One of the biggest problems that we have today is that we're afraid to ask questions. I got we really don't want to ask for help. Maybe because of pride. But when you're in a fix, when you're in a pickle, when you get tired of being tired, you're going to ask when you hear that there's something going on, you're going to ask what's going on. And so here he was. He asked the question. I wanted to say, because we don't like to ask for help, is the very reason why we're always staying defeated. You're afraid to ask someone to pray for you. You're afraid to ask someone to fast for you. You're afraid to ask someone to help you. Tell somebody that I need you to hold my hand. We gotta ask somebody for help every once in a while. Why? Because you want to get up from here. And sometimes you need somebody to help you to get up. You need to say, I've been in this place way too long. It's time to stop making excuses from where I am and, start, and stop blaming people for what I'm, uh, where I am and stop settling and just get up. Not only could he, uh, could he hear, but he could also speak. And after he found out what was going on, the Bible said he cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
I can't see you, but I know you're around. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I live in this accursed place, but Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My family is jacked up, but Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm a beggar, but Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm not even worthy to stand before you, but Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I know I haven't always done your will, but Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I know I don't love everybody like I should, but Lord, have mercy on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't always do what's right, but have mercy on me. I dare somebody to just begin to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Notice he kept saying it over and over again. Remember why? He was blind. And the only thing he could do to get Jesus' attention was to keep saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He has to make it enough, he had to make enough noise so that wherever Jesus was, that he could find him. Hallelujah. He can't find Jesus, so he needs Jesus to find him. And in other words, hallelujah, he had to keep crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Thank you, Lord. What are you trying to say, first lady? I'm telling you that whenever you want something from the Lord, you've got to learn how to use what you have. You've got to learn how to be persistent. If you want to attract the attention of heaven, you've got to learn how to say, Jesus. And not just one time, not just today. And say, well, he didn't do it today. But you got to keep going back to him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I know that I have to admit and confess my shortcomings. So Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The second thing is that you've got to overcome your naysayers. In the Bible, in verse 31, it says they rebuke him or them because it was two of them. I know Mark only talks about one, but over here in Luke, it talks about two men. And so the people around them begin to rebuke them and told them to shut up. But can I tell you a secret? If you want to get something from God, 
You've got to learn how to overcome your naysayers. You've got to learn how to turn a deaf ear to them people. Now hear me good. I'm not saying to turn a deaf ear to wise counsel. I'm not saying that. Don't get it twisted. But I am saying you can't listen to folk who ain't going nowhere. They don't have a pot or a window. You don't ever see them in prayer, but they always got a word from the Lord. You know, those who you allow in your circle, your spirit, you got to know who you allow around you. And you can't get mad at them because they don't understand where you're trying to go. You're trying to go someplace in God. You need something from God. You've got to overcome people and their carnal opinions. You will never get to your destination if, you, if blind Bartimaeus had listened to those carnal people around him, he would still be blind. If he had done what they told him to do and closed his mouth, he would still be blind. I believe I heard somebody say, a closed mouth don't get fed. So if you want something from the Lord, you got to open up your mouth and tell God, God, I need something from you. Can I help someone today? That's why you can't tell and talk to everybody about your marriage. That's why some of your marriages are jacked up. Because you're listening to the folk who are already unhappy in their marriage. The reason why your credit is messed up is because you're listening to your girl who tells you, come on girl, let's go get our hair and our nails did, when you know you ain't paid your bills yet. And you sure haven't paid them on time. Can I go deeper? The reason, the reason, the reason you are still broke is because you're listening to people that tells you how it's not necessary to give your tithe and your offering. I saw it on Facebook when a man was telling them about the, the, the preacher now telling them, you know, take out, throw away everything I said about tithing off and it's not the truth. That's the devil. The devil is alive. For 30 some years you've been preaching it and now the Lord has blessed you. You ride around in a, a, a jet, your private jet. Now you want to tell the folk to stay broke. Stay cursed. The devil is alive. Tell somebody, I'm not going to be in that place anymore. You got to be careful about who you listen to. Some of you are still sick because the doctors tell you to do one thing and you don't want to do it. Why did you go? You got high blood pressure. You won't stop eating salt. You won't drink water. 
So the man tell you to take this pill so you can live, and then you're going to get mad because somebody else tells you, girl, it's poison in that pill. Then what are you going to do? You need to stop listening to carnal people because if you keep listening to the carnal folk, you're going to stay in the same place you're in. And I don't know about you, but I want the blessings of the Lord to be on my life. Jesus said that I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. So if I want abundant life, I got to do what Jesus says to do. Also notice that the text says, many warned them to be quiet. This suggests to us that some of the people that rebuked him, told him to shut up, were a few of the disciples, the church people. He was making a lot of noise, crying out to the Lord, but they told him to shut up. Whenever you're trying to move forward, hear me good, in the things of God, there are always going to be people, even church folk, trying to shut you up. It don't take all that. It don't take all that praising. It don't take all that dancing. It don't take all that praying. Look at somebody, it takes that and more. Mm-hmm. Because I need something from the Lord. I need him to touch me. So I need to hear from. I need him to hear me. Tell somebody I'm trying to get his attention. So why should the whole church end up bound and lose their anointing because of two or three people who want to shut up the praises of the people? Why should I miss my blessing because I'm listening to naysayers? Remember when David's authority came into question and his son Absalom decided that he was going to take over? All of Jerusalem seemed to have had their back, turned their back on David, the king. But David kept his hand in the master's hand. He didn't get wrapped up in the people, what the people were saying. He said he's going to hold on because he believed God was going to deliver. Even when Noah, everybody thought he was crazy, he was a fool, but he heeded the commandment of the Lord. And him and his family were all saved. While all the naysayers died. Tell somebody I need something from the Lord. Proverbs 24 and 16 says, The righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked man shall fall once and never rise and just lay. Folks may try to shut you up and keep you down, but you better keep opening up your mouth. You better keep giving God praise. You better keep on praying. You need to keep on laying before the Lord. Lord Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because you are righteous 
and you got to keep getting up. You got to keep crying out to God. Whatever it takes, you got to do what you got to do. Why? Because you got to get something from God. And in order to get it, sometimes you've got to be persistent. The only way um, blind Barnabas could get Jesus' attention was because he was crying out. Sometimes you just got to lay out and be persistent in your cry. Be like the woman and the unjust judge. She kept going back. She kept pleading. She kept being persistent until she got just what she wanted. You see, the crowd around him, they could see. They didn't need anything from God. But if you got a need, you can't hold your peace. The people around you might not want nothing else from God. But because you want something from him, you got to keep on crying out to him. They might be able to see, but you can't see. So you got to keep calling out. They told him to shut up, but he cried, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You got to keep crying. You got to keep pressing. You got to keep toiling until you get your breakthrough. You got to keep praising him until you get your deliverance. You got to keep hearing the word until you get your miracle, until you get your healing. Because all it takes is just one touch. You've got to learn how to persevere and forget about what your naysayers are saying. Look at somebody real quick and say, you've got to do what you got to do in order to get your touch. Come on, tell somebody else, you've got to do what you got to do until you get your touch. Now, just point to yourself and say, self, I got to do what I got to do until I get my touch. Come on and praise the Lord right there. Until I get my touch, I got to do what I got to do. Until I get my touch, I got to say what I got to say. Until I get my touch, I'm going to cry. Until I get my touch, I'm going to pray. Until I get my touch. Lastly, the Bible declares that after Jesus heard them, he stood still, called them, and said, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus, and they said, Lord, that our eyes might be open. Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes and the Bible, the Bible, the Bible says uh, that immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Jesus had compassion on them. And 
and he touched them. Why? Because they were persistent in their praise. They were persistent in their cry. You can hear them say, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. Here I am, Lord. I need a breakthrough. I need deliverance. I need my chain to be broken. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy on me. Why? Because all it takes is just one touch. All it takes is a touch from the master's hand. All it takes is for Jesus to speak over you. All it takes is for Jesus to lay his hand on you. All it takes is for Jesus to breathe on you. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. I'm right clean. I'm right. I'm not righteous. I'm undone. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All it takes is a touch. All it takes is a touch. All it takes is a touch. I'm believing God today. Hallelujah. All you need is to make up in your mind that God, I need you. I can't do this without you. I've tried to do it. Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. Have mercy, have mercy on me. Break my chains, break my fetters, help my addiction. Whatever it is, the son of David wants to touch you today. I said the son of David wants to touch you today. You don't have to leave here the same way you came. I don't care what your issue was when you walk through those doors, but when you walk out, I said, when you walk out, you can be changed, you can be delivered, you can be healed, you can be set free. Because we crying out, we're gonna cry out. Jesus, Jesus, Lord of David, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy on me. Stand to your feet. I want to take. The next few minutes that I have, I believe, I believe God wants to do something for somebody in this house today. Whatever your issue may be, 
whatever your circumstances may be, if it's an addiction, I need you to come to this altar right now. Whatever it is, whatever you need God to do for you, this is not the time to be bougie. It certainly is not the time to act like you're all right. If you know that you need God to do something for you, I know you're blaming it on everybody else. I know you're trying to say it's somebody else's issue. It ain't their issue. Right now, it's about you. It's not about them. It's about me. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care what they're thinking. I don't care that they're trying to figure it out what is it. It ain't your business. But all I know is I'm tired of going home Sunday after Sunday and I leave here the same way I came. Lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those of you that ain't nothing wrong, you're perfect, everything is okay. I need you to help for those, help pray for those that have a situation in their lives. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm tired of every time I turn around, the enemy is bringing up my past. And it causes me to second guess myself. I'm tired of every time I turn around, he's always bringing something in my face. And I don't know how to handle it. Lord, I need you to work out my circumstance. So here I am, Lord. I'm at this altar, and I'm saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Come on, lift up your voice and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, on me Jesus son of David have mercy on me come here baby Stephanie hallelujah father in the name of Jesus lift up your hands in the name of Jesus the name above all other names the only name that we can be saved. Jesus. Father, right now, Jesus. I pray for every person Jesus. on this altar. Oh, you know Jesus. what they stand in need of. Jesus. Father, here we are. We're crying out to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
says, call his name, call his name, call his name, Jesus, Jesus, my deliverer, Jesus, my savior, Jesus, my burden bearer, Jesus, my trouble mover, Jesus, Jesus, my deliverer, Jesus,
you. Put your hands together and begin to thank God. We thank you for changing us. We thank you for renewing us. We thank you for reviving us. We thank you for restoring us. We thank you for lifting us. We thank you for opening our eyes. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for clarity. We thank you for the change. Thank you, cause it's done. 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 Thank you, thank you. Clutched his rags and he shivered in the darkness. Then Jesus came. He's here, he's here, and he made that man's darkness flee. Oh, when Jesus comes. Take your gloom, he'll take your gloom and fill your life with glory. Oh, things are changed. Glory whenever Jesus comes to stay. Disease had healed their body. It claimed their body. Oh, but then Jesus came. We got some sick people in here. Hallelujah. And he
He'll take the gloom. He'll take the gloom. Some of you deal with depression, but he'll take the gloom. Some of you have anxiety, but he'll take the gloom. Somebody's living in despair, but he'll take the gloom. Somebody's living with hopelessness, but he'll take the gloom. Somebody's living with helplessness, but he'll take the gloom. He'll take the gloom. He'll take the gloom. Jesus, whenever Jesus, whenever Jesus comes, when he comes to stay, hallelujah, 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 glory, 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 Touch me, touch me. 
Put your hands together. Father, we thank you for this time and we thank you for your move, the move of your spirit. Now, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would seal it. Seal it. Seal it. Don't let the enemy snatch it from us, but seal it. Seal it. Seal it. Seal it. Until the day of redemption. Seal it. Seal it. God, I pray for every person that was at the altar. In the name of Jesus. I ask you now, dear God. Oh, God, don't let them leave here the same. Seal them, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We thank you that your blood covers thank you, Lord. every person under the sound of my voice. God, I ask you to do a new thing in us. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Even when we leave this place, yes, Lord. minister unto us, God, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. in the name of Jesus. Perhaps there's someone here that don't know the Lord in the pardon of your sins. You have not accepted him as your Lord and personal Savior. Yes, Lord. If you're here today, we just ask that you lift up your hands. If you're here today, you have not accepted the Lord as your Savior. We don't ever want to take it for granted that everybody in the house is saved. And just in case, everybody raise your hands. Everybody raise your hands. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus... I believe that you died and was buried. And on the third day, God the Father raised you from the dead. Right now, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart and I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my personal Savior. Now put your hands together and give him a praise. God bless you. We're standing all over the building. We certainly honor the Lord on today and certainly thank God for the word of God that has come forth and certainly for the spirit of Christ that's in this place for the deliverance. Hallelujah. That many certainly can witness, uh, witness to. We just praise God for his goodness. With uplifted hands, Heavenly Father, we honor you, we bless you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness, your loving kindness. We thank you for your tender mercies. God, we thank you, Lord, today for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our hearts have received. We pray, God, that you would seal it in the name of Jesus, that you would enable us, oh God, to cause that that we've received, God, to fester and to grow in the name of Jesus, so that we might continue, oh God, to be the called out ones, doing what you have called us to do, in the name of Jesus. Now go down with us, oh God, as we leave this place, but not your presence. Keep us in the center of your will. Protect our going out and our coming in. Be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening today. 
If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit. 